Today's episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. What if comparing car insurance rates was as easy as putting on your favorite podcast? With Progressive, it is. Just visit the Progressive website to quote with all the coverages you want. You'll see Progressive's direct rate, then their tool will provide options from other companies so you can compare. All you need to do is choose the rate and coverage you like. Quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. All right, we are back for more Band of Blades. So tell us what happens now after this mission. I know there's a couple more steps for us to go through. There are. So the exciting part is that we have played through the mission, but now we get to come back and experience life back at the camp. And we have a little bit of a scene there. Um, I actually get to step a little bit away uh, from the uh, uh, sort of narrative role. We're going to have a scene and you guys, I'm going to tell you guys to do have a scene but uh, I'm not going to necessarily be directing it. Um, so that's the good thing. The next phase is called the campaign phase. And so you'll take on roles of the sort of generals and leaders of the Legion. Uh, so each of you will need to select uh, a role book um, for your uh, appropriate general or um, leader. So who are we going to have we need to uh, decide who is going to be the marshal the quartermaster the uh commander and also one of since there are four of you we will have one of the uh the spy master or the lore keeper i'm going to be the commander wonderful i will be the quartermaster i am going to be the marshal uh i'll do the spy master then awesome so in your uh, role book, it should say uh, there are certain questions that you're supposed to ask me. So go ahead and ask, because this out the outcome of this mission was that there were certain things that changed the state of the Legion. OK, so since I'm the quartermaster, I asked the GM how supplies were affected by the first mission. Um, so the answer to that is most of the Legion's supplies were left behind in your retreat. Um, you will start with two supply, uh, which represents the last of uh, the materials that you were able to salvage from your battle at Edenmark Fields. Uh, you haven't really been able to scavenge any additional material, uh, just just supply, which is a, a generic currency. Gotcha. And uh, is that on the uh, other page that I marked that under supply carts? Uh, no, it's on the inside uh, where the box is. Uh, it says supply. Gotcha. As the commander, I will ask what intel the first mission revealed, if any. Ah, uh, you haven't really had a chance to do any recon, so you're going to start with zero intel. How did the first mission affect the undead pressure on the Legion? So we can talk about pressure as a mechanic. Um, pressure is essentially the growing pressure of the undead's presence uh, that threatens the camp. Um, every time you advance you will roll uh, to determine how much time passes. And there's a, a series of clocks. Um, that series of clocks uh, is also on the commander sheet. Um, so you're going to roll your pressure when you advance. Uh, in this case, your pressure, uh, because you were successful, uh, <laughs> the undead won't be mounting a, a, a solid offensive against your camp, which is great. Uh, so pressure is going to start at zero. And for that matter, we can talk about the initial time. Uh, the enemy currently is cut off, uh, so you've bought yourself a little bit more time to uh, make it to Sky Dagger Keep. Uh, you'll start with two ticks on your time clock. So that should be also on the back, uh, back page of your sheet. There should be three clocks that are next to each other. Just mark two ticks on the first one. How about the marshal? Yes, I have a question for you. Um, I'm supposed to ask how the first mission affected the Legion morale. Well, nobody died, which is the really good thing. So you're going to have eight morale. If anyone had died, 
uh, you would have one less morale per death. And that's a general rule of the game. So if you have people die, uh, the morale will suffer. And uh, the amount that you can do in the campaign phase is somewhat based on the morale of the Legion. Okay. And I believe the Spy Master has uh, initial setups to perform, but I don't know if you have any questions. But you might have questions about the Spy Master setup. Uh, I don't see any questions. So I select two spies, one trained and one master, and then I can set them to work, essentially. Yes, during this phase. Can I ask who your spies are? You can. Do you need an answer? <laughs> I, don't, I don't need an answer urgently, um, no. <laughs> uh, no, I think... So I have a question. Antoinette automatically upgrades to a master spy? Yes. So you can have two master spies if one of them is Antoinette. Interesting. Each of these different role books are going to have slightly different mechanics that go with them. Um, for instance, the uh, quartermaster has to select a number of things at the beginning, uh, material that come with you, supply carts, food, black shot, other things that might be spent on the, uh, on the legion. Uh, the marshal has control over all the playbooks when we're not actually playing a mission. Uh, and if there's a question about like the, the, who is in charge of the mission, that'll be the marshal. You'll also uh, make the engagement role, which we'll see in a bit. Uh, the commander actually is going to select mission priorities and decide uh, what kinds of missions we should focus on um, and also decide which mission in every batch of missions is going to be the primary mission. Uh, and then uh, the uh, spy master obviously has spies and can use them to perform actions um, uh, in addition to everything else that's going on. It sounds like we've got all of our um, uh, questions answered. What was the name of your fighting friend that got smashed by a fist until you said otherwise? Uh, Red Vexing uh, that, Gale, I believe. Yeah, that's Red Vexing Gale. One of my spies is Crimson Vexing Gale. Oh. Are wow. they related? <laughs> they must be. <laughs> I mean, that's not necessarily true, but like it certainly could be. I mean, I wonder if like, uh, are they siblings, Red and Crimson, and they got Vexing and Gale for like different reasons. That's very cool. Because um, they just went hugely different directions. Like Crimson went into this spy assassin role and Red went into this bold warrior role. And uh, yeah, like they both earned Vexing. Because how do, how do they get the second name? Uh, you win when three adults from a Panyar group uh, agree that that's the name you should have. Uh, that's the when you progress to that stage in your childhood, uh, they give you a second name. Uh, and if they agree, then you get that name. That's the name you get. So uh, it's possible that the two of them were just a terror when they were young. Yeah. That's exactly what I was thinking. It was just like they came of age and it was like, what do we call them? And they were both like, well, they are both positively vexing. Like, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so crimson vexing and red vexing. Uh, and they both got Gale for different reasons. We'll, we'll find out why, I guess, later. I have to take Crimson Vexing Gale as one of my spies now. I think that is because Red Vexing is kind of an understudy. I think Crimson Vexing is my trained spy, not my master spy. Okay, uh, fair like enough. That. And then I think Bordis is my master spy. Excellent. Uh, so we're going to have a back at camp scene. Um, the way that works is I have a list based on your morale uh, of scenes that I can select. Um, what I'm going to do is ask what your morale is so that I can select that properly. Uh, we are at eight morale. And for the quartermaster, I have five additional boxes of material that I get to choose from. Uh, that's after some initial non-Legion personnel selecting an initial food of one. Uh, but then I have to ask the GM how the first mission affected your material. Right. Um, unfortunately, you weren't able to pick up any additional supplies on the road, so you're, it hasn't really affected you one way or the other. Gotcha. So just the initial supplies is what we got. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and I, I realize now, because uh, I was looking at uh, uh, the wrong information, I'm actually looking at Shreya's um, setup right now, and her back at camp scene is very different from your regular back at camp scene. Uh, remember when we started this whole thing, I said your chosen went MIA. And nobody knows what, what she was doing. Uh, she was actually out in the field murdering an infamous threat. So uh, she caught wind of... Uh, there's another 
chosen, or another broken rather, called Breaker. Uh, Breaker uh, was once uh, Minika Arya, which was a priestess of the Barton goddess Vazara. Uh, unlike many of her fellow chosen, she was not world famous or of high birth. Uh, she was an orphan adopted by a priestess and dedicated her life traveling along the Barton coast, uh, which is the way of her order. Uh, she prayed to alleviate the worst of the storms, warding boats, and living a quiet life of meditation on coastal islands. Uh, she's a mystic powerhouse among the chosen, or was. Uh, she rode into the vanguard of the assault on the Cinder King. Um, her breaking site, the place where she turned remained scorched because lightning continued to strike the same spot for a week. Um, her full title is Stormbreaker, also called the Bringer of Thunder or the Weather Witch. Her ability to weave hexes and dark magic impressed even the Cinder King. Uh, and with her on the field, the Natural Order cannot be trusted. Uh, however, her prize steed, Silver, uh, is named for its color. A 14-foot wingspan... Uh, with potent strength, uh, a terror on the battlefield. Uh, he was known for riding storms and dropping soldiers from their, on their friends from vast heights. Or he was known for that until Shreya put an end to him. So I believe the back at camp scene uh, is, uh, is a celebration where Shreya has brought uh, Silver's head and has like set it up in the middle of a giant bonfire. Uh, and there, there are several people, like, she's covered in gore, uh, clearly having fought a, an intense battle of her own, um, as, as you guys ride back in from, um, from the mission, um, having barely survived yourselves, <laughs> in that case. Um, so what I'd like to see is, like, uh, a scene where we uh, get a sort of, like, a, a sense of... Um, how you all react to this whole celebration going on real quick for me what is silver oh yeah 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 silver i should have mentioned silver is a chimera um sorry no silver is a um a devourer rather um it's a once sacred rainbow feathered beast of bazaara um they're actually now large bat-like creatures uh that are just reeking of corruption um, they are covered in black feathers and mandrin fur, and they strike from the skies uh, with razor-sharp teeth, uh, <laughs> dragging off fully armored soldiers. Uh, their shrieking cause can strike fear into the heart of any legionnaire. Um, they're very hideous flying bat creatures full of teeth and claws and God only knows what else. Um, or, I guess, beak? You probably don't have teeth on a beak. Although, who knows? This is the undead. Um <laughs> But Silver was the prize steed for breakers. She used to ride from place to place on Silver. So it's unclear, actually, about how she managed to, how Shreya found Silver separate from Breaker. Maybe she didn't. If there's uh, any questions about, like, if you want to, like, have me, I will portray um, Shreya. But uh, otherwise, you can just have the scene as to as how you like. Uh, yeah, I think that we are all coming back into camp and... We hear the celebration, and we see Silver's head basically in the middle of this bonfire, and I'm looking f around for Shreya, just like, where is she? Where is she? She might have actually just dumped the head, and then the bonfire was set up by the, the troops, uh, and I think she's gone off to her tent, which is full of like maps and uh, notes about the war, uh, and she seems like she's... Like, if you're going that way, uh, she'll be deep in her in her study of, of the undead. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I'd like to approach her tent. Uh, is there anybody, like, outside that, like, stops me or anything? No, 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 no. I mean, she's chosen don't need guarding. Oh. Yeah, so uh, I think her, you know, her spear is set up on one side. Uh, it's, like, casually in, in, in arm's reach. Uh, and she's pouring over maps and like looking at a map of everything west of the Tigeria. And she's drawn in like X's for various places. Uh, and she's also got like a sheaf of notes that she's uh, collected from somewhere. Who knows where? Maybe uh, uh, the spy master. 
Nice. Um, so yeah, I want to, I want to approach her tent. Yeah. We probably see you. If you imagine this as a shot of a, of a film again, uh, we probably see you at the tent and like behind you is the rebel, right? Where there's like a bonfire and there's the head still. Uh, and like you're peering into this, uh, darkened tent or maybe candlelit tent. Shreya. Do you need something? Yes. I, I, I want to congratulate you. Why? You've brought down silver. The real threat is Breaker herself. Did you not end her as well? She got away. That may be a, a loss for us, but at the same time, you have done a great thing. Come join the revelry. There's not going to be much of this in the future, I fear. I look around us and hope is bleak, and we could really use you out there. God, what would she say to that? I feel like she would, uh, there's a number, like she probably wants to say, go away. But there's this bit where you're like, they need to see you. And it's that point where you're like, where she like looks up at you and you feel like there's maybe a chance that she would come along with you. I'm going to make a fortune roll. So what we're going to do is we're just, we're going to make a roll and I'm going to say like on a six, I think she goes with you. Uh, On a four to five, there might be like a rider. Okay. (laughs) Oh, I think you've swayed her. You, you've convinced her that she needs to be seen celebrating, even though that she doesn't feel any celebration for this. Um, as she is getting up and getting her stuff, she's like, I've passed the need for mortal celebrations long ago. I don't understand why this is so important to you. And I'll say it is because it is important to us that we see you. You are Azrika's avatar, and for the goddess of mercy and healing to not sense the healing power of revelry is beyond me. There are many, many aspects to Azrika. Mercy has many meanings. Not all of them are pleasant. And I think she walks out. <laughs> yeah, she she's uh, she's really shown me up. I am like, oh, oh, I get it. Yeah, yeah. Oof. <laughs> but she's done a mercy for this this camp and that's all I care about. Like this I see all the men reveling and you know, it's it reminds me of the times of peace, I'm sure. Awesome. What about the rest of you? Do you join in the celebration? Um, I don't know if this is uh if this tracks with any other mechanics, but if possible, I want to already essentially be dancing around the fire with my shirt off playing a fiddle. Yeah, of course. You could totally be doing that. <laughs> just fiddle in one hand puts the the bow down just long enough to take a drink out of a big mug and to just keep on dancing awesome i see this fiddle as being like comically too small for oh you. yeah yeah normal ass <laughs> fiddle but it looks tiny i think all fiddles are comically too small for that's you. true yeah. <laughs> yeah i think as he's doing that i am sitting kind of just outside of the firelight on a on a bench or whatever just getting a powerful drunk going <laughs> you almost died today i almost died today and i shot the remains of my father through the face and nobody knows it so he is just getting pissed it's true i think that gray shifting wind when she comes in and sees this head mounted as vani goes for the tent she goes straight to the head it's kind of in the midst of all of the celebration she's standing there just looking at it at its open eyes and wondering about the corruption and knowing that her people get changed by their environment and having the sense of like how far away is the time that we're in this environment long enough that we become like you. Uh, and she reaches out and she closes its eyes um, and then kind of turns it to the group that is, is celebrating and joins in. That's awesome. That feels like a whole scene to me. Uh, yeah. Okay. So um, the next bit is where we um, we do all of our bookkeeping. We're going to do... Essentially, we're going to pay a certain amount of cost because the Legion always eats. So we're going to spend one food. And uh, normally I would say like you would spend one time, but I think that is already accounted for in our questionnaire. Um, But we do need to advance. So we're going to advance from where we are, which is just east of the Tigeria. We are going to advance all the way to what we call the Western Front, which is uh, a place that I'm going to describe for you here in a bit. But to advance, you have to actually make a roll. Uh, that roll is um, essentially to determine how long it takes to advance. And we're going to roll your pressure. Um, and uh, because your pressure is zero, you're going to roll two dice, but you're going to take the worst of the two dice. 
and that is going to determine how many time ticks to add to the time clock. Okay. I got a four and a one. Oh. Then you get a one, actually, which is really good for you. Oh, that's good. Oh, I see. I see. I get it. So, yeah, the lower the number, the better in this case. And so um, you're going to add one time tick uh, to represent the uh, passage of time as you advance. Okay. And then you end up in the Western Front, which is really cool. Uh, the, the Western Front is, um, well, like three years ago, uh, there was a notable Aldermani battle here uh, against the Center King's troops. Uh, more recently, the armies of the Eastern Kingdoms built a fortified camp here, and that was like right before they advanced west to the Edmark Fields. Uh, so this area still remains marginally fortified. It's a good place to regroup for pushing on. Uh, there's a few soldiers still here, but they're exhausted. They're on edge. They know better than to start trouble with you guys. Um, if you're hoping to find other chosen that maybe survived the offensive at Edmark, they aren't here. Uh, rumors do abound that they've gone through a grueling alternate way, taking like a southern path on a different front. The main fortification of, of the western front is the previous army's rear camp. At night, you can still see the orange hue of the still-burning Carlsberg, uh, the old capital of Aldermark, uh, reflected on the clouds. Uh, that's just to the west of Tyeria, fair bit away. Uh, a few soldiers are still holding out behind makeshift walls, pits, and barricades. Most of them are barely keeping it together. A few have fully given up. There are a few days' worth of supplies remaining for the handful of people left in the fort. And there's a lot of talk of people abandoning the camp. In the surrounding areas, undead have been crossing the Tigeria in increasing numbers. Uh, they do test the camp's defenses under cover of darkness, looking for weaknesses to exploit. There seems to be a brutal intelligence underlying their movements, looking to cut off avenues of escape. So this is the place that you find yourself in when you advance. We're going to do some campaign actions, and then we're going to do some missions, and then we're going to have a mission. So the campaign actions uh, are the quartermaster's purview. You, uh, you have eight morale, so you have two campaign actions that you can perform. And there should be a giant list on your sheet on the back of the things you can do. But you will want to consult with the rest of your, uh, your command staff. Uh, but we should also introduce the command staff because they are characters in their own right. Uh, I'll go first as quartermaster. I am a panyar. Uh, I am clever, kind, resourceful, and my look is colorful, but tired. Very cool. Uh, the spy master is Orite. Uh, he is known to be deadly, and he is cold and calculating, and he looks gaunt. Wow. Uh, the marshal is a Barton. Um, he is fearless. He is bold and fierce. Uh, he is a scarred, but very crisp marshal. Nice. Military man. And the commander is an Orite. He is fierce, stoic, lithe, and well-kept. Perfect. So campaign actions. This is an opportunity for you to... So for instance, um, a lot of stress happened over the last mission. And many of the uh, people that are in your uh, legion are, are now pretty high on stress. And you need some way of bleeding that off. Okay. Uh, well, then I can spend uh, supply one for one. Spend a supply to boost an action in addition to any other costs. You can do each action once per campaign phase. So you get two free actions because you are at eight morale. And I believe that the one that you're going to look at most likely is going to be um, liberties. Liberty, yeah. Uh, with liberty, legionnaires are given leave of their responsibilities for a few days. Good food and drink is provided and campfire revelry is permitted. During this time, legionnaires at liberty can party, fraternize, or relax as they see fit. Every character clears up to three stress and increase legion morale by two. Uh, so that means morale would go to ten. I believe it's the marshal that tracks that. I will mark it now. And then all of the character sheets that have stress will reduce their stress. How much was it? That would be three stress. Does that leave them with stress or is that completely cleared? With Venny, uh, I still have at least three stress because I was up to full stress by the end of the mission. Gotcha. Yeah, Grey Shifting still has two. Uh, Adramir still has three. Leovel has one. 
So it might be worth spending the extra supply up to you, though. Uh, Yeah, I think I will, because if I know Vanny, he's going to be stressed out the whole time. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that'll clear you down to zero. So then I just uh, mark my supply down to one, then. That's correct. And then you have a second campaign action. That is correct. I can acquire assets, uh, something called a long-term project. Uh, I can recruit, and I can also rest and recuperation. So you are pretty much full on the number of legionnaires that you can take uh, at the moment. Uh, So that means that you can't really recruit effectively. That's, you know, once you lose enough people, you will need to recruit. Um, But uh, you can certainly acquire an asset if that's necessary. Uh, For instance, you could acquire some more food. You could acquire horses. You can do those sorts of things. Uh, A long-term project is anything you want it to be. It's um, I want to figure out how to grow food on the road, for instance, or um, I want to make there be really comfortable beds so that when we do liberties that everybody gets an extra um, stress recovered, stuff like that. Oh, nice. That's really cool. Um, uh, for what it's worth, my spies can help with both acquire assets and long-term projects. So if you decide you want to do one of those, I can send a spy to help. That's awesome because I have laborers that also can help with long-term projects. Awesome. I feel like fortifying this fort would be a pretty good use of that. Would you agree or... What would you want the effect of that to be? Like lower pressure? To Yeah, to slow down the uh, oncoming onslaught that is following us. I mean, potentially, if you make this place more secure, then you have less to worry about for... Um, for the undead attacking. Um, So I think you could maybe... uh, The problem is that working a long-term project is likely going to take too long. You're probably not going to be here long enough to fortify this fort enough. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Unless you really want to stay here for a while. No, I feel like us getting to uh, Sky March is probably our main goal, right? Sky Dagger, sorry. Something to point out here mechanics-wise. So on my sheet, I've got the time mechanic. Uh, and I've got the three clocks. I've got the summer's end, the fall deepens, uh, and then the final clock. If all of these clocks fill and we have not reached Sky Dagger, we have lost the game. This is not a, we will be sitting places for a while. Gotcha. Okay. There are a couple places in the game where you might consider staying for just like an extra turn or two. Um, Plainsworth is definitely a good one, which is the next place on the road. Um, and then there's a couple of other places where you could consider staying an extra turn, maybe two extra turns. What kind of assets could we acquire? Um, anything that is material on the quartermaster sheet, and then anything that you can think of fictionally that makes sense. So you could acquire food or horses or black shot, uh, although those things, uh, black shot might be a little bit difficult. You could acquire a mercy, which is like a, a, a mystic healer. You could acquire a alchemist, which is, um, well, it's an alchemist. Uh, you can also acquire things that are a little bit more nebulous, like you can fire, you can acquire like, like secret routes that get you from place to place, uh, a little bit more efficiently or safely. Um, you could acquire specific alchemicals. You could say like, I want to get a whole batch of deep potions, (laughs) which is a specific kind of alchemical potion. Yes. It lets you hold your breath for, uh, for a scene. Yeah. Yeah. I'm of the opinion that we should probably... You should do an acquire asset instead of a long-term project, just because this isn't where we want to stop. We should keep moving for now. Okay. We could use um, stuff. If that's the case, can I just name the thing that I want to acquire and then... And then we make a roll. Make a roll. Okay. Um, there is a thing on my sheet uh, for Orite Medical Alchemy, and one of the items on it is called Chem Balm. Uh-huh. And it neutralizes most poisons and toxins. Is there any way we could do a roll for that then? Yeah, like you want to uh, essentially source a bunch of chem balm. Yeah. The effect of that would be that you would, as a quartermaster, gain a, a certain amount of chem balm. And then when you spend it, everyone on the mission would get chem balm. That's great. Awesome. So we would say, like, let's figure out what kind of quality level that's going to be. And I think it's like one level above standard quality. So I think you need to make a roll. Uh, What does it say on your sheet that you need to roll? Uh, It says I need to roll the location's assets rating. The result indicates the quality of the asset. Unfortunately, the assets rating of the Western Front is zero. So uh, it's it's a little bit tough to get stuff here. But 
I mean, you can add a die because my spies can bribe and threaten as needed to help you acquire assets. Absolutely. Okay. So then I will do that. Which spy is helping, by the way? I think Crimson Vexing Gale is helping with this. I got a six. Wow. Oh, that is exactly what you needed. So I think you're going to get three uses of um, Chembalm. So that means right uh, there's a space in your quartermaster sheet for like blanks. Mark in a square. Uh, fill out Chembalm next to it. It has three uses. Uh, and so you can just spend three uses um, on three separate missions. You can acquire, you can equip everyone on the mission with Chembalm. Nice. That's awesome. So could I ask, just in the sense of the way gameplay works, um, we talk about these characters, the the captain, the quartermaster. Mm-hmm. Is this the part where, you know, he's like, oh, I want to get these this chem bomb that one of us could be like, well, I think it's more important for the troops to have this. And then it becomes a discussion instead of just one person. I'm just wondering where the characters come in of, of this part. Yeah, ultimately, it's the um, it's the quartermaster's final say about how the actions mm. work, like which actions happen. But you should weigh in, right? You are command staff, and you're all talking to each other more or less constantly. So if you have you have beef, you should definitely bring it up. Okay. Yeah, it actually says one of your duties is to work with other roles. Consult with the other roles to make the best decisions you can, but you have the final say in the duties you're tasked with. Or at least it says that on the Spymaster. Um, and just so everybody knows, uh, we do have, because uh, I was able to select five supplies just any of them and so i picked at least one mercy or no i'm given one mercy or one alchemist so i picked a mercy named yohavite and the mercy will take on another person's harm like when you come back to camp and then material wise we have two food stores which means we have six uses of food stores together uh we have one use of horses uh we have a supply of religious supplies we now have chem balm and we also have a supply of black shot as well cool each of those um boxes are worth three uses so you have three uses of black shot three uses of horses so uh, we can now talk about, I guess everybody's gone through, oh, we have one more um, spy master action, I believe. Yes, but I am unclear on how my spy network works. I've got kind of a flow chart of boxes. Um, so you start with one of those, which is that you have two spies. Um, and then uh, from there, you can achieve any of the ones that are connected to that box. So you can en- enhance your, you can grow your spy network and you get something cool. In order to do that, there is a specific action you can send your spies on to go uh, grow your uh, network. And that is just called expand network. Yep. And then we do the rules, and then you make a roll, and you tick a clock. And if it fills up, you get a new um, a new feature of your spy network. Okay. Uh, well, then I will go ahead and, and take that, because Bordis, my master spy... When he rolls expand network assignments, he generates an extra segment on his rolls. So that will be the long-term assignment that I send Bortis on. So you're going to roll, um, I believe it's two dice because he is a master spy. Yes. And then you put that on the clock. Uh, so that's a four. So it should say right on there what happens as a result. Um, what the result is once I fill the clock. Yeah. So, well, um, a four to five when you're filling a clock is going to fill up two segments. So you're going to put two segments in there. Uh-huh. And then Bordis gets me a third. And Bordis will get you a third, which is real good. If you had rolled a one to three, they would be wounded, uh, the consequence of which is they must heal before you send them out again, or you risk their eventual death. Right. Uh, Yeah, so I think Bordis uh, goes out and uh, acquires a bunch of contacts in the local area, Um, maybe even brings you news of a... um, uh, Aldermani resistance uh, that he's heard about and uh, is working to establish a, a connection with them. All right. <laughs> Good work, Bortis. Uh, at this point, uh, we are in free play, and then I, I need the commander to decide on a mission priority. Um, and then we can set some free play scenes, and if we're, we're good, then we can move on to um, selecting a mission. So there are four different mission types. There's assaults, Recon, supply missions, and religious missions. Uh, you get to choose one of the two types that are available, assault or recon. Mm-hmm. And when I generate missions, I roll up random missions. Uh, and based on your decision, uh, your mission is going to be more likely to show up. Assault missions generally generate uh, like pluses to morale. And uh, recon missions uh, generate intel. So it seems like we are short on things being on the run. So if we could find a place to assault, it would be good for the men 
good for the soldiers. It would buy us more time, and it could get us some of the things we desperately need. But it's going to cost us all of those things if it goes sideways. I say we're in a high-risk, high-reward situation either way. I think we go for it. I mean, we're only going to last so long. So we've got a long way to go. If we don't do it now and early and start out strong, we're not going to survive long anyway. You know me, I'm a purveyor of information. I would vote for a recon mission, but if I'm outnumbered, then I suppose I'm outnumbered. Well, you think there's some good intel to be had here? On troop movements, on insurrections, yes. There's information everywhere. Hmm. And I think that they're standing up on this battlement, looking out, and the idea of intel as these forces advance on them, the thought of perhaps finding a way to move faster or finding some of the lost chosen strikes him in a good way. Um, and he nods to the spy master, which I think is his indication usually between the four of us when a mission is chosen, it is a nod to whoever would be the person starting it off. And so he nods to the spy master to, to get moving. Fantastic. Uh, cool. So this is the point at which I would generate some missions. Uh, and I have generated submissions, which is is uh, good. Um, right, I've got my head of the schedule. Wise. <laughs> uh, and so I'm going to pitch you submissions, and then you're going to choose them. But before that, I'd like to ask: uh, Are there any? So there's a structure to the game, which is you do missions, and then you come back, you do like the downtime scene, and then you do your actions, and then you do more missions. So it just goes back and forth between the mission phase and the campaign phase. But anywhere in there. Uh, sort of like in the campaign phase, if you if you want to have a moment, you say like, I really want to have a scene where like the you know uh, the two brothers are talking about like what the, what one of them didn't steadfastly did not see, <laughs> uh, then you could have that scene, right? So I don't want to rush through that, or we can just go into the missions. I think the only scene in my head is the camera pans down from the decision to do this recon mission, and gray shifting is underneath there talking to a couple of other soldiers and she's trying to barter things that she has on hand for black arrows because she knows that she is out and she thinks that that Leavel is also out of black ammo and it was so important to their success that she's trying to find some people who would be willing to give up some in exchange for something else that she has on hand. Wow. Well, I, I think at that time as quartermaster, uh, I'm hearing tales of like, you know, some of the soldiers kind of bartering around for a lot of this stuff when we have it. So I will release, uh, at least one black shot to the general population. So then that way, at least for the next, two or three missions, they'll have the ability to defend themselves. All right. So we'll talk about how that works uh, in okay. just a minute, but that's cool. I love that fiction. Uh, I love the scene of like uh, gray shifting being like, what can I give you? And then them being like, there's just nothing like there's uh, black shots. So rare. Uh, what is it that you offer in exchange? I think that in this, Oh, it's so rare. You know, I, I can't give it up that she ends up, challenging a couple of the people who have it to target practice to prove that she and some of the others may deserve it more than some of the sloppier shots oh wow are you talking about like, like it's actually like other a, like an archery contest uh-huh oh, like fantastic. the people who get the bullseyes get the ammo that does the kills so this is where i would turn to the marshal and say hey marshal uh i need you to name another rookie who's who's your crack shot who's the person that uh that gray shifting is going to have to pry this out of. The crack shot is obviously Chevalier Tyrius. Tyrius. Okay, awesome. Uh, so I think Tyrius has like a two die pool. And I think you and I are going to roll roll off essentially. Okay. To see who, who manages to pull off the shot. <laughs> I got a four. So did I. Oh, excellent. So I love the idea. Like then, then someone's like, another 50 yards and they're like they uh, move yes. the targets <laughs> shall we do it again yeah what'd you get i got a four again i got a crit <laughs> oh wow <laughs> wow sorry Yowza. Uh, yeah so i think there's a moment where like uh you're firing arrows and you this little classic robin hood moment where like you fire an arrow and then uh Tyrius, like notches an arrow and aims and shoots and splits your arrow. Uh. <laughs> uh, and I think that 
she's just standing there looking at the broken arrow and she reaches into her pocket and she hands him something unseen, drops it into his palm that she, he tucks into his pocket. Oh, wow. Like that she lost something in that. I love it. I love it. Okay, cool. So our mission priority was going to be recon, right? Yeah. All right. So the way this works is I generate three missions and then uh, based on your uh, preferences and whatnot, I... Um, I roll dice and then that you may get the mission that you have selected as your focus. You're much more likely to get the mission you've selected as your focus. Uh, in this case, you have gotten one of those missions of the three missions are going to be recon based. Um, so there are three missions. The first mission is actually assaulting an undead uh, position. Uh, so Breaker has been raiding a village uh, to the west of here. And what the what you've been able to identify is that um, there are still people in that village. Now, uh, it's it's a little unclear, but like w what apparently has happened is Breaker will every so many days ride in, grab whoever she can grab and then ride out with those people. Uh, and she's been doing this for like maybe a week. Uh, and they're they're. They're unable to leave because this is their home, but they haven't been murdered because Breaker is, for whatever reason, not murdering them. Um, so what I can tell you is that uh, if you were to go on this mission and you were to be successful, the, the mission is relocate the people in this village and or defeat the people that are attempting to raid them. Um, and the uh, benefit of this is that it would increase your morale by two. And it would gain you a supply because the villagers have stuff. You could just take that stuff and or they would give you that stuff. But if you don't do this, if you if you fail to do it or you just decide not to do it, it will it'll increase your pressure by one. So that's the first of the missions. Uh, the second mission is a recon mission. Uh, it is an area recon. Remember we were talking about Bordis? Uh, Bordis hooked up with some resistance... Uh, people and they are um the thing about the western front that's important to know is that it's actually really tricky to get out of the western front um when you advance you'll add plus one to your pressure um the undead are plentiful and they move to cut off all paths of egress from the front uh the thing about that is the resistance fighters actually know other paths so if you can connect with them you can link up with them, learn the routes they use to get out of the Western Front, and then you'll be, not only will you be at um, an advantage for getting out, but you'll also gain intel. Uh, so you'll gain one intel from that. Uh, if you don't do this, again, pressure will increase. So um, the mission penalty for both of these missions is plus one pressure. And then finally, you have a third mission that's sort of a special, well, it's not special, but it's like... Uh, it's up against a more powerful undead than usual. So remember we talked about the horrors before? So there is uh, there is another tier above Threat 2 uh, called uh, Infamous. They're basically uh, like almost like named versions of the Threat 2s. Um, and there is this uh, crow, actually, that uh, is named the Doctor. It works for Blighter. It's very well known for uh, having its own horror that it rides on top of. Uh, and it's doing experiments. You don't know what those experiments are, but you'd like to. You'd also like to kill the crow, the, the, the doctor. If you can pull that off, that's, that's a huge win. So uh, this is a nearby town to the north. If you do this, you'll gain two morale. You'll also gain intel uh, if you can figure out what they were working on. Uh, if you don't do it, it will cost you time. And the time is uh, actually in some of the experiments coming to fruition and then causing you to slow down on your road. So those are your three missions. You will select one as a primary mission and one as a secondary mission. That's your job as the commander. Okay. The uh, primary mission uh, is the one we're going to play through. And the secondary mission we're going to resolve with a roll. Um, yeah, I think that we are we are few in number right now. We are scattered this defeat in our home is hot on our heels still. As much as I would love to deal with this plague doctor, it seems the intel and information and keeping our feet moving is the most important thing right now. Thoughts? The only thing I can think of is that an army moves on its stomach. 
And if we end up not getting anything out of this, supplies, whatnot, we're going to be in a hard place after this. I'm worried about our supplies for a recon right now as it is, at least putting them where they need to go. But it seems time-wise, that's probably the best choice. Uh, I can go either way. I just grin. You know which one I want. All right. So I think we will do the area recon and our secondary will be the saving the people because I don't want to send um, a bunch of our untrained people after this doctor. I think that we will try to keep an eye on this doctor and maybe we can catch him again. Okay. That seems reasonable. Uh, okay. So primary is the area and the secondary is um, the undead assault on the raided village. Um, so the marshal's duty is to assemble the people that are going to go on this primary mission. Also to assemble the people that are going on the secondary mission, but we'll cover that in a bit. Uh, what you need to do is you need to pick two specialists and a squad to go on this mission. Okay. Uh, so for the primary, uh, I guess sort of out of the, taking a step back, um, am I, am I still justifying this for the, f- the four main characters to be going on the primary or is there... You can, uh, no, you're, first of all, you had four specialists go on that mission. Right. Uh, in addition to a squad. So you can't, you don't have that luxury this time. So two of I you will see. be playing rookies. Uh, oh, potentially, potentially only one of you because you have a medic. So the medic could potentially go as well, but it's up to uh. you. And the thing is that if you don't choose the right people for the mission, uh, your engagement role will suffer. And if your engagement role suffers, that's bad particularly for secondary missions so you want either the heavy or the sniper or to go on the uh undead assault mission right um and you want like a scout or uh i forget actually who all is uh on the area on the on the recon missions but they have a type and you can see that type on your sheet so that's where your your job is done is to decide who, who is of your limited sources uh, who can go on which missions. Okay, I think for the recon, uh, it makes the most sense for Gray Shifting Wind and Leovel. Okay. Yeah, they're they're going to be our best to stay low, stay quiet, and figure out what's going on. Are you going to send the Ember Wolves back with them, or are you going to do um, a different squad? We, we have some names for the uh, Ember Wolves, so those are... Uh, those are already documented, but if you want like a fresh batch of rookies, then I would suggest like the ghost owls. Yeah, I think it is. I think it's the ghost owls. I think they're a little better with the quick and quiet. Okay. And then I'm going to send our uh, medic and our and our uh, big boy, our heavy, into the fray with the assault mission, and uh, okay. the ember wolves will go with them. Okay, that sounds perfect. All right. So the last thing to do before we jump back into the mission is uh, to make an engagement roll. And then that will establish what our initial position is. The engagement role, it should say you have some questions to ask. Yes, indeed. Uh, are all on the mission oath sworn to the Legion? Yes. Yeah, I'd say so. Uh, did the commander spend one intel to give you foresight and info? We did not have any intel. Uh, is everyone on the mission a specialist or soldier? No, you have some rookies with you. We do have some rookies. Um does any legionnaire distrust the leadership or not fear them enough to obey them on the battlefield? Yeah, it doesn't seem like it. And are required specialists or equipment not on the mission? Uh, I believe you have uh, adequately staffed the mission. Okay, so then we have a plus one there. Uh, then, specifically for a recon, did the quartermaster spend horses to equip the mission? Quartermaster, would you like to spend a use of horses to gain plus one die to this engagement roll? Absolutely. Excellent. Mark a use of horses, you will gain plus one die. Also, fictionally, you will all have horses. Yes. All right. And is any legionnaire starting with a heavy load? That's up to you guys. Um, Who's going to play? Also, the other question is, who's going to play which person? Because, uh, sorry, I guess that's uh, maybe... That might be surprising to you. Um, I see some uh, looks of uh, surprise. Uh, What I mean to say is that unlike in other games, 
Uh, you are not necessarily going to play the same character every time. You're certainly not going to be the only person to play that character. So you can swap the playbooks around however you like. Um, you can, of course, play uh, the same character if you would like, uh, though it is formally the marshal's job to say, I would like you to play X. Yeah, I think I'll, unless they have strong objection, I'll leave the two as their original, and then okay. TJ and I will uh, play some rookies. Tag along with the extras. Okay. Yeah, mostly for the sake of cohesive radio, I feel like we should stay <laughs> That's the same yeah. characters. Yeah, I wasn't sure if it would be like one with a soldier sheet and one with a rookie sheet, or just if it's just rookies or... You could take the medic on this mission instead of uh, having you both play a soldier if you would like. Because I can go anywhere I want. Do you want to do that? Yeah, I'll just be the medic. Why not? Yeah. Okay. So then uh, you'll play a a rookie. Awesome. Sounds great. Okay. Uh, So then I think the question is, are any of you going to go in heavy load? Not me. This is a recon mission? Yes. No, I think I'm actually going to go light. Yeah, that sounds reasonable. Then I think you're fine. Okay, so then we do have, I believe that's a total of plus plus two. Yep. I got a six. Excellent. So we're going to start in a controlled position. Uh, This is the area recon. I think we're going to open up on uh, up in the up in the trees and you're looking down on what you know to be the place where a bunch of resistance uh, fighters have been uh, holed up for the last couple of days. You have signaled with a like a maybe a small mirror and just gotten back a flash from inside the ruins of an Aldermani town. Over to the west, you see a bunch of undead. The Legion is in retreat following a failed battle against the armies of the undead. You are a member of the Legion, your bonds to one another forged in the dark by bone and blood. Do you have what it takes to outwit, outrun, and outlast the endless hordes of the undead? Or will your Band of Blades break beneath a Cinder King's iron fist? Band of Blades by Strasha Chimovich and John LaBeouf Little is available at evilhat.com. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Hello, Maria Kennedy from Hero Trackers here to tell you about a special report we've been working on at Hero Track Media. With the help of my producer Shayna, we are going to reveal the life story of a mysterious hero that as far as we can tell, has never been covered by a media outlet before. Subscribe to this podcast feed to learn more about this hero and the strange circumstances surrounding their life and career, and how they might be connected to your favorite heroes. Coming soon from Hero Track Media, Vigil. Vigil, Season 1, an audio fiction superhero thriller in 10 parts, from All In Productions. Featuring Haley Sanfilippo as Maria Kennedy and Adam Kudashat as Vigil. Subscribe or follow to make sure you're the first to know about Vigil. Vigil.